0: Hello beautiful alchemist. Welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host Yolanda and this is our final episode for November. This is the last um, episode for um, gosh this year is just going by so fast. We only have one month left. And there's plenty to share with you. I'm really looking forward to the upcoming um, episodes, conversations, and of course, with what we're going to discuss today and who you will meet today. So we're going to round out this month with another insightful conversation with founder of Awaken Harmony. Her name is Carla Fernandez, and we discuss her three-step formula, which is unpacking trauma, getting to know our true nature, and aligning with divine purpose. She has an incredible story, which you will hear all about in our conversation. We have some fun, some laughs, I'm sure there will be parts of her story that you resonate with or may even remind you of other people that um, have crossed your own path, even some of your clients perhaps. But it's very interesting um, always to me how people come into this journey of healing and transformation, what brings us here. And for Carla, she said it was to the point where every emanation of her life was just screaming for healing. But again, you'll hear all about that. I just want to let you know right away, though, to learn more about Carla and her work, please visit awakenharmony.ca. And you can follow her on Instagram at awakenharmony and the number eight. Also, of course, that's down in the show description. I also want to say um, the Reiki Rays Global Healing Summit, the eighth annual summit, has finally wrapped up. And I just want to say, I appreciate so much the messages and the feedback that I received after the summit. So if you sent me an email, a message on social media, whatever it was, I read them all and I am very, very thankful that you also like myself got a lot of insight um, from the summit and the guests. It was a lot of fun. It was my second time co-hosting and it's just Again, that's why I even do Reiki radio. I love meeting practitioners, healers, teachers of all different lineages, um, from all different systems and practices, because you all know I say it all the time, we learn and grow in exchange. Uh, when the summit was over, I also hosted um, for the summit was a and a where I answered questions that were submitted by people who participated in the summit. And so that was a lot of fun, although it wasn't live. And so I really would like to do a live Q and a where everyone here in the Reiki radio community, you can join me for conversations again, live, and you can ask me whatever you want to ask me about Reiki, my personal path, um, different practices. And I will share with you what I know If there's anything, of course, that I don't know, I will try to point you in the right direction. But one of the best ways to join me for live Q&As is I do host the Reiki Radio Roundtables on Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific. I also host the Seeker Circle on the second Sundays of the month. And you can get the links to both of those to meet me live, chat with me live about your practice. Again, ask me questions. We can talk about what came up for you on the episodes of Reiki Radio. Just go to my app and you will see where you can um, access those links to join me. So if you go to the Apple App Store, Or if you go to the Google Play Store for Androids, look for The Energetic Alchemist and download my app. There's lots of free content there for you. And if you want to do a membership option on the app, you get even more content, including Oracle readings by sign that I do throughout the week. Um, There's also alchemy tools, Reiki tools, guided journeys, meditation, so much content. And I often put... Other things like um, I have a free course on there called Joy-Filled Healing. And naturally, if you (laughs) have ever worked with me and know how I function, there will be a lot more that I put on there to support people on their path. So, all right, let's get into this episode, shall we? Let's meet Carla Fernandez. Again, if you want to connect with Carla, the links are down in the show description. If you want to connect with me, go to my website, TheEnergeticAlchemist.com. While you're there, sign up for the newsletter and don't forget to download the app. I will see you beauties on the other side. Okay, beautiful alchemists. Today, we are here with the beautiful Carla Fernandez of Awaken Harmony. Carla, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure being on your show and I'm excited to to be diving into today's conversation.
0: Yeah, so am I. And, you know, you and I fortunately we got a chance to chat and get to know each other a bit a few months ago, I believe. Mm-hmm. And you have a very interesting story and I'm excited for everyone to hear because I think there's a lot of inspiration in there, um, what it is that you've gone through and how your healing work has supported the journey, of course. So I wanted to just start there with you. Um, I know that you had a career in investment and so many people have the story of, you know, corporate life and then, right. But Mm. you were so busy at the time and also we're going through some health issues. So can we just start there and tell us a bit about what you were encountering back then?
1: Yes, of course. Um, So this is going back, I would say about seven, eight years ago now. Mm -hmm. Um, And as you mentioned, I was in sort of corporate Canada or corporate America, very similar type of culture, um, where, you know, you're you're sort of conditioned and um, encouraged to keep climbing that corporate ladder keep you know striving for the next sort of opportunity or the next step in that sort of ladder and certainly that's great i i'm a very driven and motivated individual but i guess at that time i didn't realize that my drive and motivation or what i was working towards wasn't really actually fulfilling me mm-hmm. at a deeper level and you know I, I just sort of pushed on through for many years um I, and i mean this really comes from even earlier uh, an even earlier point in my life where you know i, I i'm a first generation immigrant and so when you come into when you immigrate to a new country sort of the values and the work ethic that is instilled in you as a young individual Um, is a little bit different than individuals who are maybe born in in that country already right and so you know coming over to Canada and sort of watching as a little girl watching you know how hard my parents had to work just to be able to provide for the basic necessities and just sort of that mentality that they instilled on us as children that you know in order for us to be able to be successful or to have you know some comfort and security in, in life that we have to work extremely hard in yeah. order to be able to achieve those things. And, and so that was sort of ingrained from such a young age that I think, you know, I started working at 11 years old and I was doing school full time. So all a young age, I already had cultivated this attitude that I really needed to work, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15 hour days yeah. in order to to, you know, get through school, get the basic necessities covered and just really survive.
0: I I have to ask you about that, Carla, because as I'm hearing you say this, it's so interesting. Just curious at that time, was it like, was there an underlying fear of not being successful or not working? Like, was there a pressure that drove that? Or was there a part of you that actually enjoyed the chase, I guess? I think there was
1: a lot of pressure because of being uh, like a first generation immigrant and knowing that my parents, you know, they sacrificed a lot. They gave up a lot in their life in order for us, their children, to be able to have better opportunities. I felt this bigger duty to Mm -hmm. fulfill, you know, that that sort of typical, um, success chart, right. Right. What my family would consider to be successful or what typical society would be considered to be successful is that, you know, I wanted to make my parents proud because I knew how much they had, you know, given up in their life, how much they had fought to be able to provide us with these opportunities, opportunities that they didn't have for themselves. And so, you know, I think there was that, Definitely an innate sort of motivation and drive within me, because that's yes. just part of my personality. But I also felt that you know having that added, um, I guess, awareness of of knowing that you know there are people in the world that live in countries that unfortunately just don't have the same level of opportunities right. as other people in the world, like in North America. And I felt very privileged to have had that sort of opportunity to, you know, leave a country that had less opportunities for me as an individual, Mm -hmm. and be given what I felt was like a world of opportunities by coming Mm -hmm. into America. And certainly, there are very many opportunities here in North America. But what I found during my journey is that, you know, we're, we're conditioned to believe that everybody's opportunity is going to look the same. Mm -hmm. that the opportunity requires, you know, going into corporate America or going into corporate Canada in order to achieve that level of success that everyone says is, you know, that that people feel proud of to say, oh, yes, you know, my daughter is a doctor or my daughter is a lawyer or my son is this or my son is an engineer, whatever the case may be. Parents feel very proud when you know, their children achieve a certain level of success. And, you know, for the longest time, that's all I really wanted to do was make my parents proud, make my family proud, make the people around me, um, you know, happy with the choices I was making for my life. Um, But what I failed to realize is that in doing that, I wasn't actually happy with the choices that I was making for myself. Right. And that yes, I was living this, you know, corporate America dream, independent female, you know, had a great career climbing the corporate ladder in the banking world or in the investment industry, you know, independent enough to be able to provide for myself, have my own place. Like there was a lot of things that I should have been proud of right. that time, but just still felt this emptiness and this void and, felt like yes i had all these things quote unquote that you know checked off as you know working towards my happiness or my you know my success or my career or all those things but deep down inside i knew that i wasn't happy i knew that i wasn't fulfilled and you know it took me a really long time to accept that I was sort of at a point in my life where it was time to start prioritizing and really getting clear on my values and what was important to me. Yeah. um, And and then deciding from there, you know, what, what that next chapter looked like. But I can was- I
0: ask you though, was that hard? Because I imagine, I mean, because you've put so much much emphasis and even your eyes kind of sparkle when you say it right going through this phase where you put so much dedication and energy to show appreciation and make your parents so so proud but then when you realize it's like that versus your own happiness like what does that stir up because you know like even though you came to this place of realizing now I have to see what would fulfill me was there any kind of tug of war like how was that that kind of versus energy.
1: The tug of war for me went on for, uh, I would say about two or three years wow. before I, I I truly allowed myself to um, give in to what was coming up, the feelings mm-hmm. that were coming up and the changes that I was being asked to make. Yeah. So I would say, and and here's the thing, hindsight is so beautiful when we can look back and and say, oh my goodness, I now I could see that, yeah. you know, at this point in my life, there was a sign. And then at this point in my life, there was another sign. Yeah. But unfortunately, at the time, I was, you know, dealing with a lot of sort of trauma from like childhood mm-hmm. uh, experiences that I had, things that I hadn't really processed in my life. And Unfortunately, I just I feel like in our society, we're not really taught how to process our human experience, how to process the feelings, the emotions, the things that come to the surface. In fact, in many cases, we're really encouraged to, um, you know, bury those feelings, to not acknowledge those feelings, to just brush them under a rug so that we can pretend that everything is happy and joyful in our life mm-hmm. and think you know I fell along to that sort of conditioning and that programming for many years and I just unfortunately didn't process any of the things or any of the experiences that I had had until that point in my life now I think I was about 33 when this sort of all came to a boiling point um but I would say prior to that you know those three three years leading up to it once I started coming into my thirties and, you know, I started to really assess my life and really reflect on, you know, my values, my priorities and looking around and seeing that my, my life itself did not reflect what I truly valued and what I truly uh, was seeking for myself. Yeah. It was still very scary in those first few years to find the courage to even make a change because As you said earlier, Mm -hmm. I spent so much time, so much energy, so many resources, financial resources in, into my career. Um, You know, I was an investment advisor for 15 years and, you know, every few years I was upgrading and taking new courses and developing Mm -hmm. my skill set and my knowledge. And so I woke up one day and I thought, oh my goodness, I can't see myself doing this for the next 20, 30 years of my life but what am I going to do now? (laughs) I don't know anything else. I've invested all this time and money and energy. And I felt like, you know, if I, if I even begin to tell people in my life that I no longer want to do this, what is everybody going to think? Yeah. What, what's my family going to think I've spent so much time, money, I dedicated so much energy, so many resources, like I working 16 hour days, that's like your myself. whole
0: identity at that point.
1: Exactly. And it was, and and that's that fortunately my career became my identity because I didn't allow space for anything else in my life right. to form part of my identity. Right. I didn't have time for, you know, solid friendships, solid relationships. And so it, it really just took over my entire being. And aside from that, at the same time, I was dealing with all of these physical symptoms that were coming up. And I was, you know, really chasing a solution or an answer to the physical conditions I was experiencing. You know, I was dealing with a lot of um, irritable bowel syndrome, like my tummy was always upset, no matter what I ate. I, I tried, you know, um, process of elimination. Like I I removed everything from my diet and then reintroduced things to figure out what were the types of foods that were giving me allergies or upsetting my stomach. And it was so difficult because I would eat one food one day and it would be fine. And then a couple of days later I could eat it again and it could upset my stomach. And so it became so frustrating for me to really pinpoint and target what were the things that I needed to eliminate because it felt like you know, at different points in my life, everything was upsetting me. Was you know, the
0: stress was, a contributing factor to that? Because I imagine, like, biggest. gosh, if you had that much pressure on you, I mean, if you were that stressed, anything would be disruptive. Yes. Yeah,
1: and and I would say that was the biggest. Yes, there was certainly c- yeah. certain foods that are more upsetting for my tummy than others, but the biggest thing was the amount of stress and anxiety that I was under that you know, I was having panic attacks on us on a regular basis. I would be driving in my car and I would have to pull over just because I would go into a panic mode. Not that anything was happening in front of me, but my nervous system was so like it was such under such attack that just me going about my day to day life and doing the simplest things would have triggered and activated that nervous system to a point that I would be paralyzed sometimes and not be able to take any form of action or do anything. Yeah. You know, I wasn't eating properly, I wasn't sleeping properly. I was having these breathing issues. And so I was chasing the solution for all of these physical symptoms. And, you know, I my approach, my first approach was to go to my, you know, health doctor, my traditional a allopathic doctor. And for years, I would say three, four years, he sent me for blood work, tests, all these different things to try and figure out what was going on. And it always came back that I was a perfectly healthy girl. And the more I heard that, the more I got frustrated because I knew that in, in my body, I didn't feel healthy. I knew that there was something completely wrong about what was what I was experiencing what I was feeling what I was going through and I just couldn't find a solution to helping me feel better um so eventually it all just came to a boiling point you know the more we sort of force ourselves and push ourselves to do things especially when we're not in the right mental emotional physical or even spiritual state of mind the the more difficult that challenge is going to be for us. And so I think for so many years, I just kept pushing myself to, you know, do what I needed to do to show up for work, to show up for the people in my life. Um, I'm someone that people count on and rely on. So I do a lot for everyone in my life. And it was very challenging for me at that time to even just set boundaries and say, no, I'm not in a good place right now. Or, you know, maybe I can do this for you tomorrow. It, it just, it was yeah. difficult for me because that wasn't modeled for me as a child. It, it wasn't something that is taught in school, <laughs> right? So we don't, if we don't learn this from our parents, you know, we grow up and we pick up on, you know, these habits that then have an impact on us as adults. And so, you know, I just continued to really push myself to do what I needed to do. And eventually my body just gave up and said, no more,
0: no more. I have to tell you, Carla, it's so fascinating. It's interesting that this is all striking me the way that it is at this time. Cause you know, again, a lot of people listening will, I know, be able to resonate with everything you're saying, but one of the things you said a little while back it's interesting 33 was when all this started to erupt for me too but you said you know we don't really have the opportunity to process the human experience and when you said that it was like yeah i mean you know this this very human experience is almost like you know we are conditioned to not acknowledge it as such like not the highs and lows and the ebbs and flows. We're only supposed to strive for this perfection that perfection. is and what is that even, right? Um, but the listening to you and just thinking of, okay, here you are trying your very best and stressed over work, but then that's compounded by the stress of trying to find solution to the body feeling unwell. Mm-hmm. You know, and just even that, like the fact of like how stressful that can be just to try to figure out how to feel better and yes. so like of course it's so, okay so your body is just like done <laughs> I'm done, I'm done. I'm shutting <laughs> down what happened then
1: i I was actually forced to go on a medical leave I, I I had no choice I was at a point where by the time I went to go see my doctor he He, he suggested right away that, you know, the state that I was in all the symptoms that I was describing that I I needed a break from my work and I Mm. needed a break from just life in general, just to really put a pause on everything and just allow myself the time I needed to heal. And so little did I know when I, when I agreed to this, to going on this medical leave Little did I know that it was going to be as long as it was at at the time I thought, you know, okay, I'm going to need, you know, just a couple of weeks to get back on my feet, get some rest, start to feel a little bit better. And then, you know, I'll return back to my work and my life. And um, I think that medical leave ended up being close to eight months.
0: Wow. Wow. Um,
1: And that time really allowed me to start exploring all of the alternative healing mm-hmm. arts that are available out in the world. And yeah. honestly, if it wasn't for that time and space, I, I don't think I would have learned about how many different natural healing uh, practices that are out there and that are available for people to use to actually get that true healing in the body. And that was what was the most important thing for me. In So was in my- it your
0: own research or did you hear, like, had you already known of, some of these modalities?
1: Uh, No, I I hadn't known about any of them, to be honest. Um, I think at that time, I knew there was, you know, I knew about acupuncture, I knew about um, naturopath, homeopath, but I hadn't tried any of these Mm. things myself. But um, what really set it off for me was, um, I think about a month in to being on my medical leave, I came across... Um, Mind Valley. I'm not sure if you oh, know yes. Mind Valley yes. online, mm-hmm. and they were promoting a um kind of past life, not past life, but um, a childhood regression type like of our therapy. Child. Yeah, meditation with um, her name is Marissa Pierce. And she's a um, hypnotherapist in the UK and does a lot of like inner child healing work. And so they were promoting her online, um, her online class. And I thought, you know, home, what do I have to lose? Let me participate in this. You know, I've heard meditation is a great way to help people, you know, deal with their nervous system. So I thought, let me just try this. And so I'm in the middle of this meditation and, you know, we're going back to a point in my childhood and I'm in the middle of my adult self embracing my child self, you know, we're, we're going through that sort of embrace of me reassuring my inner child that everything's going to be okay, that you're going to be safe, that you are loved. And in that moment of the embrace, something came to me, it was like a download that came to me that said it it just said Reiki
0: wow. and
1: I I said when I was like in the middle of the meditation I was like Reiki I've never heard that word before I'm like what is Reiki and I I wanted to make sure that I didn't lose the word because when I came out of the meditation I really wanted to do my research to figure out what is (laughs) Reiki and so it just kept repeating the word over and over and over again and so I thought, okay, you know, as soon as I'm done from this meditation, you know, I'll regroup and then I'm going to start my research. And I did. And at the time, you know, I looked into it. It was talking about how it's energy healing. And, you know, I I had always believed myself to be a very spiritual person. I mean, I had gone through different phases in my life where I either felt more connected or, you know, less connected, but I always had, you know, something in me that knew there was something greater than us, yeah. that there was, you know, a bigger, a, a bigger source of energy, a bigger love than what we know. And, you know, as I started to do the research, I thought, okay, well, let me, let me explore what Reiki is about. I reached out to a girlfriend, she had uh, recommended a practitioner. And so I went for my first Reiki session, or, my first conscious Reiki session because I came to find out um, after having that first session that I had actually had Reiki done to me maybe three or four years prior Oh wow! Um, when I was back home in Portugal for a trip but it wasn't the person who had, who did that energy healing didn't explain it to me as Reiki, didn't call it Reiki, didn't even say any of those things. I just went for a session. They did some healing. And now when I reflect back, I can see that that was the first moment where I started to recognize that I needed to make a change in my life. Wow! So I felt like Reiki came into my life before I even knew what Reiki was. I received an energy healing treatment that then propelled my life for the next four years I felt it made things in my life worse because mm-hmm. what I've come to learn now is that <laughs> all those things needed to be shaken out of my life in order yeah. to allow and invite new things to come into my life so those first four years I feel like you know I received that Reiki treatment it, it kind of purged and got it got me to go through an even more difficult challenge in my career and in my life but it was what I needed for me to be able to make the decision to come out on the other side. Yeah, And so it was interesting that then I made a conscious decision to go and have another Reiki session, which I thought at that time was my first Reiki treatment. And I found that session just to be so mind blowing. And I feel like I, in that one session, the amount of downloads and information and knowledge and wisdom that came to me was like incredible. It felt like I learned more in that one session about health, mindset, spirituality, our emotions than I had ever prior to that point in my life. And something shifted with that, with that appointment. It it just, I feel like it cleared the clouds away for me yes. and it helped me realize that I knew what my purpose was. At that point, I, I started to realize that I now know what my purpose is here on earth. And I started to feel more confident in in knowing that because I have clarity on my purpose. Now I know what the path looks like going forward. I may not know every step of the way, I may not know all the twists and turns that are going to come along the way, but I knew at that moment that I had to peel myself away from the corporate world and pursue what truly makes me happy. Wow. And I've always known that what's make, what makes me happy as an individual is to be of service for others, but in a way that is truly creating an impact in their life. Not just, you know, to be of service in a, in a corporate or customer service type yeah. of setting, but that, you know, I, I will come into people's lives and help them make m- major transformations, make major changes that is going to improve the lives, their own lives, but also the lives of the people that are around them, right? The, yeah. the, the ripple effects that, that we each create by the people that the, the lives that we touch.
0: I want to um, get into the meat of this, like you discovering your purpose and going deeper into, you know, how you even allowed yourself to pursue this. Because again, I know that a lot of people listening, so many people come to the space of recognizing the desire, but it can be very scary to make such a huge Leap and transition away from what is familiar, no matter how you know debilitating it may be, it's still familiar, and we're still in that story of stability. And this is what it has to look like, right? So, I want to go deep into this for you, but I have to say, Carla, one of the things you said, I'm so glad you pointed out, was that initial session you had the energy work that wasn't named, but -hmm. then there was this four year eruption. And the mm. reason I'm glad you say it is because a lot of people think that, you know, when energy starts to move and things start to come up and get uncomfortable to come out, they may think that they're doing this whole thing wrong or they become afraid or frustrated or even upset of like, I wanted to feel better not to go through whatever this may be, right? And um, it came to a point where I started to acknowledge like what we would call the dark night. It's more of like a sacred night. If we really understand like the the beauty of that disruption, it's hard and uncomfortable. I would not, you know, try to sugarcoat that. But I'm so glad that you even acknowledged it. It was an, an initiation of sorts. It really was this catalyst of just breaking everything open. So now here you are. Fast forward. Whoo, Four years later, (laughs) stuff has been shaking and moving and you go to a conscious, consciously realizing you're in the Reiki session. And so now at this point of decision, did you feel more at peace with it? Was there still a tug of war? Was there any fear? And then what did you then think that this is what I have to do next? Did you take classes or what was your next step?
1: Even though I knew in my heart that I was, you know, sort of coming closer to understanding and knowing what that purpose was,
0: yeah.
1: it was still a lot of fear, a mm-hmm. lot of fear, because again, we've been so programmed and conditioned to believe that, you know, if we're, if we're doing something that's not necessarily conventional or is off the beaten path, that it doesn't necessarily lead to success,
0: right? Right.
1: Typically, you know, the starving artist yeah. or starving songwriter, musician, <laughs> or healer, right? Like, yeah. You know, we have this belief that if if we're not doing corporate America, corporate Canada, or you're not working for an already established business, right. that it's so challenging to build a business. And it certainly is. I mean it's it's not an easy um, it's not an easy thing. It's definitely not for the faint of heart. But anybody can do anything so yeah. long as we truly set our minds to it, and so long as we are in alignment with our true selves and our true purpose. At that time, I still. Didn't grasp the full scope of what that would look like for me, yeah. but I knew that I needed to venture on this path. I I, I know. I know now how to listen to my soul
0: mm-hmm. and
1: how to hear the calling of my soul, and what is so important to me as an individual that I've come to learn, no matter how scary it is no matter how much fear I might have around what I'm being asked to do, that if, if I'm being asked, if my soul is asking me to do this, then mm. it's something that I absolutely have to do. Yes. It's part of my calling. It's part of my path. It's part of my journey. Now, it did take these seven years because, you know, this is something that I'm still wrestling with today, even after doing so much healing is yeah. that, you know, there will come, ideas or inspirations or thoughts that come to the surface of things that I I, I want to create or that I'm seeking to put out into the world, but I'm automatically hit with that fear and that uncertainty right away. And I think that's just part of that human experience because it's been conditioned into us.
0: Yeah.
1: Now, what the is at, you know, where I am today versus where I was maybe seven, eight years ago is that, you know, back then I would have allowed that fear and that insecurity and all of those things that come up, I would allow them to hold me back and not take any action. Whereas today I recognize that, yes, I have these incredible desires to create, you know, beautiful Things for the world, Um, beautiful healing for people to support them in incredible ways, and yes, there's a lot of fear around and uncertainty around how that will happen. You know, will will I be able to sustain you know myself, my livelihood by doing this? There's there's still all those fears. Now I know that my calling is bigger than my fears, and that you know I just have to put those fears aside and just keep pushing forward and taking the action steps and taking, you know, that inspired action to create the things that I truly want to create, because I know at the end of the day that God source divine will provide, will protect, will make sure that I have everything I need to go on this human existence, right. Or, or this human experience. And so
0: Wait, yes, I have the to, fears I'm... come
1: up, but it's it's learning how to move past them, how to move through them so that we can still get where we need to go.
0: I, I'm sorry that I keep interrupting. It's just you keep saying no. so many juicy things. And I'm like, we can't just let that flow by, Carla. I mean, you're just saying all of these little nuggets, right? Um, it's so interesting when you said you started listening to your soul there's two things that came up around this that I I just have to ask you again for all of us, right? Did you start to recognize or do you now even hindsight recognize the effect of when we don't listen to our soul? Like, can you see now hindsight the times where you didn't listen and what the repercussion was? And then has that inspired you now listening? The other thing I would love to know before we go deeper is, did you start then allowing yourself to re-identify like what was that like to start to even own or see yourself much different than the picture you had painted before
1: yes oh thank you for those questions they're definitely beautiful questions um definitely in hindsight I can now look back at all those moments in my life where Mm -hmm. my soul was screaming was screaming at me to wake up. Mm. And because of the pain and the trauma that I, you know, had experienced at the time and hadn't processed, I just wasn't listening. And I know that because I didn't listen for many years for long periods of time, that it led me to feeling depressed, Mm. sad, angry.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, You know, completely disconnected disconnected from people myself um just disconnected even from the work that I was doing I was just I I was I felt like I was just a machine in operation mode and just getting by there was there was nothing there on the inside for many years I'm gonna say you know for a good 10 years I felt like I was walking around like a zombie completely disconnected. You know, certainly there was a lot of pain and emotions that had happened to me prior to that led me to that point. Mm -hmm. But I also know that the fact that I wasn't processing the fact that I wasn't actually dealing with the emotions, dealing with the things that were coming up, the fact that, you know, I hadn't cultivated a strong enough relationship with my higher self, with my spiritual self, to, you know, allow that as to to be my guiding force through life, like, you know, tuning into my intuition. I I was always very in tune person and could tell you, you know, my intuition was very strong where I could, I could almost like a psychic predict certain things that were happening, but I still never trusted it. Even though I knew like in my mind, I'm like, oh yeah, this is going to happen. I still never really trusted in my, power of our intuition and and how to really cultivate that you know, communication with my intuition for it to be my guiding force. And so things would come up in my life, my intuition would flare up and say either yes or no, and I would ignore it. And then that in itself would lead to more pain and suffering. So I was just in a cycle and I just kept repeating it over and over and over again. And again, I had to live that sort of breakdown moment in my life because I, don't, I' I'm not sure why, as human beings, we have to go through this, but as you described it earlier, that dark night of the soul or that very sacred part of the journey where, mm-hmm. you know, I truly believe that for us to know what we want, We have to know what we don't want. And I had to go through those extremely dark moments in my life and that extremely dark period for me to acknowledge and say, I don't want this anymore. I I can't have this anymore in my life. And if I don't want this, then now I need to do the work to get me to the point that's opposite of where I am to the point where I truly want to be. So hindsight is you know, it's the best thing that it's that we have, huh? but I encourage people. And I think, you know, if I had, if I had been exposed to this earlier on in my experience or in my journey, maybe I would have avoided, you know, years of pain and suffering. Now at the end of the day, I know everybody's journey is exactly as it should be. Yeah. Um, However, I, I do wish that this information was available earlier, or that people were talking about the signs of what burnout looked like, or what does it feel to be going through a, an awakening? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people talk about an awakening as being a, I don't know, I had this concept and idea in my mind that, you know, going through an awakening is such a beautiful, peaceful, blissful, magical, you know, joyful thing. And yes, it is all those things, Mm -hmm. but it's not just (laughs) those things. Yes. You know, it comes with, you know, the opposite of that as well. You know, the pain and the suffering and, and the acknowledgement of the trauma and, you know, all those things that we experienced as human beings The the awakening requires us to look at those things as well, not just the peace and the bliss and the happiness and the joy. And I found that, or I find that a lot of people don't talk about the harsh reality of what an awakening or a healing journey really looks like. Yeah. You know, we're, again, we, we often will just focus on the beautiful side of the awakening or on the aftermath of what the awakening brings into our life. Right that's great. We, we all need to know what, what we can hope for, strive for what we can, you know, aspire to bring into our life. But we also have to understand that there is another real part of that experience, which is dealing with and
0: processing
1: the emotions. Okay, Carla, you did it again.
0: Let me tell you something. You are just really, I mean, what is happening? I'm so glad for this conversation. Because again, I mean, I I know it's going to resonate with so many, but you're just articulating it all so beautifully, like what this path may look like in the experience of it. But something that you said, again, it really struck a chord when you were talking about, you know, going through part of the cycle and being so depressed, but now hindsight knowing it was because you weren't listening. You weren't listening to the parts of you that wanted to be acknowledged. You weren't listening to the soul aspect of you that was saying like, Hey, there's some part of me that's not okay. And the reason Mm -hmm. it's so striking is because, you know, you do hear a lot about like people, we will come into these spaces of depression, disconnection, and whatever, and often can't say why. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times when people can't say why, it's even more disheartening. And then they judge themselves even more, and then may even receive judgment from others of like, well, if you can't say why, then you should be fine, right? But I think you bring up a really good point that sometimes it's just that what's lingering beneath the surface that we just can't see clearly yet and it mm-hmm. puts so much emphasis on that understanding of our wholeness like that mind body connection and how the effect of what we hold it will manifest itself in such you know it can be very extreme but instead of seeing it as something's wrong with you a lot of times it's just an alert of something's ready to be known by you you know yeah. yeah so that's incredible just the way that you're describing this i'm like wow like it it's it's um i think it it brings a lot of understanding to the tougher parts of this
1: yeah and i've come and i mean this is just my opinion it's not medical advice yeah. and everybody's circumstances is very different but I came to realize that the biggest driver for me and my depression mm-hmm. was the fact that I was not connected to myself yeah. was not I was not connected to my higher self I was not you know in that dialogue listening to the guidance and the advice or you know just any I, I there was no dialogue there yeah. and I would argue that a lot of individuals who experience depression likely is for the same reason
0: mm-hmm. is
1: that there is you know and and it's not to say that there was you know there was there was issues that I had had or situations or experiences that I had had at the time at, at, as a child that I hadn't processed but in the moment of when I was dealing with the depression, you're right there wasn't really anything wrong with my life in yeah. saying that if you if you were an outsider looking in and that's often the comments that I would receive from people when I would, you know, finally open up and talk to people about what I was going through, you know, from the outside looking in, my life looked perfect, right? Right. I was a young girl in my thirties, had my own place, independent, had my own car. Like there was so many things that were right.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, and quote unquote, no reason then for me to be depressed but in reality it, it it wasn't about any of those things it was really about what was going on inside and you know just to sort of tie it back to those physical conditions and when we were talking about how I spent years chasing solutions for those physical conditions you know once I went on that medical leave and I started to open myself up to the alternative healing arts I realized that the physical conditions I was dealing with, with were the last sort of line in terms of how it, they were manifesting. Mm-hmm. And so as upset as I got when my doctor told me that it was all in my head, because mm. I would keep going back to the doctor and he would say to me, you're perfectly healthy. We've done blood work. You've gone to the specialist. There's nothing wrong with you. You're but it was. healthy. <laughs> right. He's like everything. It's just in your head. I used to get really upset at him when he would yeah. tell me that. Cause I'm like, it's not in my head. Like I'm feeling these physical conditions. Yeah. You're discounting what I'm feeling. And I know he didn't mean it in the same way because right. he he's a traditional medical doctor. Yeah. But I now can reflect back and say, yes, he was so right. And had it no clue. <laughs>
0: all in my head. Right. But
1: all right. in my head in the sense that I needed to get my mindset.
0: Yeah.
1: I needed to get my emotions right. I needed yeah. to get my spiritual practices in order. When I got all those three in check, the physical symptoms started to diminish. And so now what I teach my students and my clients and the people that I work with and anyone that will listen to me, because honestly I've become so passionate about talking about how for us to be healthy and in a good state of being, we need to operate holistically Mm -hmm. mind, body, heart and soul. And when Mm -hmm. I say heart, I mean, we need to get right with our emotions. We need to get clear on what we're feeling. We need to process we're feeling and we need to recognize we become like we're emotional beings, whether we choose, whether we want to, uh, believe it or not, because again, as a culture, mostly in Western society, you know, we're conditioned to not feel, you don't bring feelings into the corporate world. You don't bring feelings out into the world. You leave them at home. You check them at home. Mm -hmm. You don't mix personal with business. You know, there's all these little like nuances that we have to live by, but in reality, We are emotional beings. That is one of our bodies is our emotions. And our emotions come to the surface because they're trying to show us something. They're trying to alert us to something. And if we don't listen, then it will eventually lead to physical conditions. It will lead to much worse physical conditions than what I was experiencing. And I felt like I was experiencing some pretty challenging things in my life right but I know it can lead to cancer it can lead to Alzheimer's it can lead to heart attacks it can lead to all of those other more chronic challenging physical conditions that humans are experiencing these years or you know over the last number of decades and I've learned that so much of that is because Of our mindset and because of our emotions and because we haven't processed our trauma and our pain and when we do when we when we process that when we go on that healing journey when we integrate our mind body heart and soul and start to operate in in true alignment then i know and there are so many incredible stories out there in the world of People healing their physical body yeah. from the most criminal conditions that we can think of. Yes. Brain tumors, um, you know, life-threatening uh, cancers. People have survived that.
0: Yeah. People
1: can heal their bodies from it. And once I started to realize all that, then I, I recognized that the power is truly in us.
0: Yes, yes. Not yes.
1: outside of us.
0: Listen, and Carla, life. I have to tell you, because I want to get into your actual work, like what has been born of all of this that you've realized, because look at, we've almost been talking for an hour. Can you believe it? Like it goes so quickly, yeah. but I have to say, you know, it's very interesting in this realm. We do talk a lot about the mind body connection and like the effects of mind and emotion and how it will manifest But honestly, I have to thank you for, you know, coming to share your story. Because again, I feel like there's something in the way that you have um, shared and explained what your journey has been that makes that more clear, you know, because there's a lot of things that we say in this realm that are just very commonly said, but we don't often dissect or really go deeper into, well, what is the meaning of oh, the mind body connection. And yes, the mind and the emotion, you know, in fact, it can be frustrating sometimes for people to hear like, you know, oh, well, the state of your emotions and what you have tucked away, that's why you have back pain or something like this. But I think in what you said, it, it makes it all very clear and very understandable. And I love that how you know, that realization of what the doctor said was 100% true, just not in the way that he meant it. That, that right. was that was gold right there. Um, So I do want to talk to you about because now you have gotten through all of this. And thankfully, you get to live out that purpose that you have pursued, like finally listening to the pursuit of your soul, right? Such a beautiful thing. And I know that you focus a lot on helping people to unpack trauma. So could you talk a little bit about what your journey has now become, and how it is you are choosing to hold space for other people? Yes, yes.
1: So I again, I realized that, you know, everything that I went through in my life, and everything we all go through in life is perfectly designed for us. And for us to find some beautiful unique gift within ourselves that then we're designed to go out into the world and share with others and you know through my healing journey I recognized that all that pain all that trauma all of those things that I had experienced was actually leading me up to this moment so that I can recognize how to help myself and heal Mm -hmm. myself first because it always starts with self yeah. We can't go out there and try and fix the world unless we've fixed ourselves first. And not that we need fixing, but right. I mean that we do the work on ourselves first. And so, you know, once I did that work on myself, I recognized that I now had kind of like a secret key to helping other people navigate similar challenging experiences. Yeah. And again, I've always known that my role in life is to be of service Mm -hmm. and it just felt so perfectly in alignment for me to step into you know guiding and supporting individuals um, that you know have gone through trauma are going through a lot of pain and are seeking and desiring more out of their life and they know they need to put that behind them and are ready to make those changes. I spent many years you know sort of wandering around trying to learn all these things trying to figure out all these things out and I feel like you know if I had had someone to guide me along the path Mm -hmm. I might have had that healing journey kind of shortened and maybe would have been able to step into my purpose and my power much sooner and so now I just find that I have this big calling to help others because you know I do see so many people are being led down a path that is not truly going to fulfill them and their purpose. Right. And that will lead people to feeling depressed, disconnected, all those things. And then God only knows what other symptoms or conditions they can experience. Right. I've described some of the things that I went through, but you know, the the symptoms and how they manifest in our life in our lives can look very different for everyone. And so, you know, it it became very important for me to really step into this sort of role where I can guide and support individuals on their healing journey and help them shorten that time, help them, you know, take the, you know, that pain and trauma and create something beautiful out of it in a shorter amount of time, and then be able to support them as they go out there into the world and create whatever it is that they're creating in their life, because we all have something beautiful we're here to create yes. but our pain our trauma and all of our emotions often hold us back from recognizing what that is and i know how important and how happy it's made me in in tapping into my own skills and my own greatness and and my own purpose and and how i can now go out there and put that out into the world that it brings me no so much joy to be able to support someone else in recognizing their own greatness. So now I I work with individuals, help them, as you mentioned, heal from trauma, heal from all those, you know, conditions, programmings, all those things that really have been instilled in us in a way to keep us from recognizing our own greatness. Right. And, and really support them on that journey. So my three, my three steps, I call it my three steps or my Yeah, my three steps to unlocking your potential, which is really releasing all the things that no longer serve us. So, you know, all those belief systems, the self-sabotaging patterns, um, you know, all the trauma, all the emotions, we release all of those things that have been keeping us stuck, that have been keeping us, you know, unable to move forward. The second step is all about reconnecting because I knew that, when I was not connected to myself, I was lost. I was wandering around aimless. I had no direction in my life, had no idea where I was going. The moment I released everything and started to reprogram and heal myself, it it opened up all this space for me to now. I was kind of like, what do I do with all of this? <laughs> Now I have to learn and go inwards and learn who I am. What are my values? What's important to me? What really makes me happy? Yeah. In that is where I think people will discover their purpose. When yes. they reconnect to themselves, they'll they'll find inside of them, they'll find what it is that makes them truly happy. Right. And then the third phase is all about realigning. So now we, we're clear, we've gotten rid of the junk, we know who we are we know what is going to bring us purpose and fulfillment and joy and now we're going to realign to that divine purpose of ours yes. and we're going to start to take the action steps forward that we need to bring about this new identity this new person that we're creating for the world to see in a in a new way and so it's, it's a three-month coaching program where we go through those three steps and really help people get back to themselves. Because when we do, then we're in our true full power and we become limitless. We can yeah. do absolutely anything that we put our mind to. And when we are in alignment, we can almost snap our fingers and say we want to manifest X, Y, Z and whatever it is, we'll manifest almost right before our eyes.
0: Yeah. But it's we need so to do
1: the healing work.
0: Interesting to, to hear you say alignment. it. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible because you're making me remember a um, uh, Fortunately, when I first started this work, when all of my eruption was happening, I happened to meet another friend and we, she and I have become like sisters like over the years, but we were very much each other's support system in the beginning. And we would joke, like, oh, we have to go through this fire so that it doesn't have to be this way for other people, right? And that's what I hear you echoing. And it's it's very interesting that so many people do feel inspired and called to be willing to go through this very deep level transformation so that they can be of service and supporting others to do the same. And it's so beautiful, Carla, like your story and what has motivated you and just the fact, again, that you allowed yourself, you had the audacity to re identify, to get to know the true essence of you, to listen to the soul. We're actually going to call this episode dialogue with the soul, because I mean, truly that has been such a important factor in your yeah. experience. Um, so I do want to make sure, of course, I will have the links to work with you below. Again, you do have this three month um, coaching program, but your website is awakenharmony.ca, yeah. our Canadian friend, and then <laughs> online um, at awakenharmony8, the number eight. And you have a podcast called Awaken with Carla. So could you tell us a little bit about the podcast as well?
1: Yes, absolutely. So the podcast is just an extension of the work that I'm really doing and the message that I'm getting out into the world where, you know, again, we have to awaken Mm -hmm. to the truths that are within us, awaken to, you know, that inner wisdom that we all have, Um, And so, you know, similar to yourself, I bring guests on that will share their own story, their own story of how they've gone through their own sort of awakening, Um, you know, similar to me, where maybe they were doing something different, that awakening led them to, um, you know, discovering their purpose. And now they're doing, you know, healing work or, you know, conscious type of work, um, helping the collective, you know, um, on on a bigger scale. Um, and really, again, it's it's about bringing the awakening to the mind, the body, the heart, and the soul. And so we cover topics in those realms and really get individuals, you know, to that point of understanding that for us to be our best selves, which I think is what we're all striving for. I think now, you know, the collective um, has gotten to a point where, you know, we all want to be better versions of ourselves. And if that's what we're striving for, then we really need to operate mind, body, heart, and soul. And so the podcast will, you know, talk about different topics in that realm and, you know, show real life examples um, of individuals who've gone through, their own healing journeys and you know just encourage and motivate people to really see themselves in these stories so that if they have their own wishes and their own desires to go out there and create something magnificent that they can see that it's possible because if it's if, if it's possible for one person then we can model anything we can we can replicate anything that we see someone else doing. And if they've achieved a level of success, as long as we model the same steps, then we can achieve some level of success as well. And so I think through sharing these stories, it could be a way to inspire people to, you know, make the changes that they want in their life, go on that transformational journey for themselves. And, you know, yes, it can be hard work but it's very sacred work it is our sacred duty and it's interesting because one of the guests I had on my show we talked about how you know how it's important for us all to do our own healing work and I mentioned you know I said the challenge is that many people find it's hard work and he said yes it can be but if we change our language and start to think of it as sacred work Mm -hmm and it makes it a little bit easier for us to want to embark on that journey. Yeah. And that stuck with me and I now really resonate with the idea that this is such sacred work that we all have to do. And I encourage you, I encourage the listeners, I encourage anyone who's, you know, going through these challenging moments, recognize that, you know, yes, they may be challenging, but It is exactly the experience that you need in order to be able to recognize your own power and your own greatness. And I think that, you know, as what I'm trying to sort of demonstrate with the uh, podcast is to give people that inspiration to say, if someone else did it, if someone else went through that pain or if someone else went through that challenge in their life, and now this is what they're doing there's hope for me, or there's, you know, there's something that I can do in my life to, uh, to create change.
0: A hundred percent. That is so beautiful, Carla. I, I really am. It has been absolutely incredible hearing your story. And again, just how much I know everyone will be able to resonate, but also simultaneously be very encouraged by what you've gone through and what you've come to realize. And it's funny you say with the sacred work, that's exactly why I had to reframe dark night to sacred night, because, you know, I mean, like, yes, it's challenging, but the truth is it's sacred. And I, it, and it's interesting how language, just a little shift in how we recognize things, um, how powerfully impactful that can be. So my love, I have to thank you again for coming. Can you believe the hour went this fast? Like It went fast. I know. It's so fast. we have had such a great conversation. I When you said it's been almost an hour, I
1: looked at it and I was like, wow, it
0: has been almost <laughs> so I know. But the beauty is everyone listening can continue to hear your work and all of the beautiful gifts that you bring. So the podcast, again, is called Awaken with Carla. And her website is awakenharmony.ca. But of course, I will have the links to everything down in the show description. And again, I just thank you for being here, my love. And hopefully we'll get to connect again soon.
1: Yes, thank you. And uh, just a quick uh, reminder, I wanted to offer your community a little oh, yes! book yes! Um, I, you know, a big portion of the work that I do, and I think the first Step for any of us on this transformational journey is to first become aware of some of the things that are showing up in our life.
0: Yeah,
1: And a lot of that is, you know, our self-sabotaging patterns or the belief systems that we have about ourselves and the world around us that often will limit us or will hold us back. Right. So I created a little guidebook that will help uh, individuals start to reflect on their own life what some of those belief systems are that they may have in place. Uh, Because again, that's the first step is that awareness. So once we start to see what patterns, what beliefs we have, and we're holding, then we can actually start to create the change. So I'd love to offer your community that little guidebook. I think it's a crucial first step in that healing journey. And then of course, if anyone has any questions, I'm always available and would be more than happy to, uh, to help in any way that I can.
0: Thank you so much. So is this something to access the book? Do they sign up for the newsletter? or Will you provide a link?
1: Yes, I'll provide you with the link okay. and uh, they can go on and they'll download, uh, they'll be able to download the the workbook directly.
0: Ah, so you better get down into the little show description and get the link, get your free workbook. Yes, exactly. and you know all of the other ways to connect with Carla as well. Thank you so much. That's a very generous offer. Appreciate it. And yeah. Well, that's it, babe. We've done it. <laughs> We've done it. Thank you again We've for having it. me on our
1: show, on your show. It's been such a blessing and I'm so honored to be here.
0: Oh, babe, it was an absolute pleasure. And for everyone else, we will see you very soon. Bye for now. Okay, beautiful alchemist. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Carla Fernandez. Again, her website is Awaken Harmony. Dot ca, And you can follow Carla on Instagram at Awaken in Harmony with the number eight at the end. And the links for all of that, of course, are down in the show description. Just want to thank you all again for being here, for being part of the community. Um, it means a lot to me. And again, I really, truly appreciate your emails, your feedback. Um, very excited to work with and meet some New Alchemist, some of you out there, next year when the registration for the Alchemy Circle reopens, that is my favorite way of sharing because it's ongoing mentoring for an entire year, but I get to know the members personally and You all get to form friendships, relationships, and it's just a beautiful space of community. So, this year, you know, the registration's already closed, but it will reopen next year. So, if you want to know when I will be reopening the Alchemy Circle, also any other upcoming classes that I will be offering in person and online, be sure to sign up for my newsletter. So, go to my website, sign up for the newsletter. You'll also get access right away to two free downloads. So make sure to do that. And that is it, my loves. Be sure to download the app and follow me on Instagram at Reiki Radio. I hope you are having a wonderful, wonderful day. And remember to always journey in love.
1: What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation?